With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Sit back and enjoy. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host, Ajit. Today, we have a really special guest joining us to help you know, analyze the ongoing games of IPL and maybe the trend towards where IPL is going and who might win it. I would like to introduce our uh, guest, Gurkirat Singhil. Hello, Gurkirat. Welcome to the Armchair Cricket. Hi, hi Ajit. Uh, good to be here. I always say this on whichever podcast or platform that I go uh, where I have to talk about cricket that talking of cricket is something that I can do any point of time in the day. It's it's something that, that drives me and uh, I, sorry for this shameless plug, but uh, I run an Instagram page whose bio I have written that life takes a pause when cricket happens and uh, in, in such uncertain times, especially, you know, in India where uh, the COVID second wave is, is being pretty much devastating, uh, life has genuinely taken a pause and if it not been for cricket and anything and everything related to cricket, uh, I, I don't know how I would have been managing uh, my own mental health at this point of time. So, cricket is something that has been, uh, you know, more than a sport for me. It's, it's, it's been something which has taught me a lot more than what I could have learned in a classroom. Uh, it has taught me about a lot of virtues which you hear about in moral science books and classes, but you only get to learn when you play that sport. You know, things like teamwork, being selfless, uh, being dedicated, determined, dedication, 
all the all the virtues that you talk of you know in, in order to be successful so yeah uh, cricket is pretty much you know uh, if not more than half of my personality and then everything else is you know uh, is revolves around it uh, probably 10 to 20% of it is just being a punjabi and then 30% is what is left or uh, what you what you learn from your society and everything so that's about it for, uh, as far as i'm concerned that's fantastic to hear you break it down into how much no cricket means to you in terms of a percentage i i would find it tough to put a number on it or put a percentage on it you know before we go any further you did say you learned a lot of good things from cricket but is cricket really a gentleman's game these days no it isn't it isn't and i i think we also need to move away from this uh this tag that it's a gentleman's game we need to understand that it came at a point uh when it was quite an elite sport i wouldn't say it still isn't if you look at the number of countries that play but in the countries where the sport is played there isn't a lot of elitism amongst the masses that play if you look at a country like india it's probably the biggest uniting force you know amongst the diverse diverse demographic that you have uh, so in fact not only india if you look at the uh, asian subcontinent so uh, it's it's not a gentleman's game anymore It, it, it we we have to move away from that elitist or the classist term also a lot of in a lot of countries the women are doing very well unfortunately uh, indian women are not playing as much as what others are doing but they are also not far behind if you look at their previous performances in 2017 they reached the finals of the uh, odi world cup uh, in in 2018 and in 2020 they they reached the semis and the finals of the world t20 so it's it's no longer a gentleman's game i would like it to become a universal game somewhere down the line i hope uh, the move to play it in uh, commonwealth games and in other uh, other such games is a step forward to it and i would hope that this game becomes a lot more inclusive than what it is right now and it reaches far and beyond the asian subcontinent and uh, and europe uh, i would like it to spread far and wide in in africa and not just be restricted to two or three countries in africa and i would like this sport to be played you know in the americas as well as of now there is only the west indies that play it regularly uh, the us uh, pop, the pop, the people in the us know about the sport because of the indians that are there but uh, they, they still don't have a pro- proper professional team which they can so a lot of potential is there in the sport but we need to get rid of the term the gentleman's game it is no more a gentleman's game we also have gentle ladies playing it but above and beyond all that definitely there was a there was a connotation of the period in which this phrase was probably invented as you say gentleman's game victorian sounds very victorian and probably it was i mean for example when it comes to things like the bunkard they they are they have a place in today's cricket but the gentleman's concept of playing the game probably does not allow for it i mean what the modern world is all about taking every opportunity you can and more right so it's it's very interesting when you look at all of these things but you know coming to what you said about indian women's cricket uh, and ipl specifically right so the women's t20 challenge looks to be postponed gurkirat uh, is that a good development do you think there's one thing that that is quite disappointing with regards to uh, women's cricket in india is that even after 13 years uh, since the inception of the first ipl in 2008 we still don't have a proper women's league we we need that to happen because that will give us a lot more shifali varmas that are already that might be there in indian cricket and uh, see when you have a population of 1.3 billion people you are bound to get 
talented people. They only need that opportunity. And if you look at the IPL's logo and the motto, it is talent needs opportunity. So there's obviously talent, but women's cricket mm-hmm. in India needs that opportunity to showcase that talent. And with the women's IPL, such talents like Shifali Verma will only come to the fore. Uh, a lot of people know Harman Preet Kaur because of her innings in 2017, but she was also a part of India's World Cup squad in 2013 when the World Cup was held in India. And she played a brilliant in, uh, innings against England, scored a brilliant 100 at uh, at the Brabant Stadium. So, uh, you know, it's disappointing that BCCI hasn't taken that uh, cause forward. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's unfair why why the Women's T20 Challenge has been postponed. But, uh, you know, really can't complain at this moment. Uh, the fans would be hard done by. But overall, the BCCI needs a better approach towards women's cricket without a doubt. You're absolutely right that uh, this specific topic of women's cricket is really neglected as far as Indian cricket and Indian women's cricket is concerned. Because I think women's cricket really took a big blow when it came to all this time of corona and this quarantine times, let's say. But to see that such a lot of impact has been dealt to the Indian women's cricket is very disheartening if you're a women's cricket fan and an Indian women's cricket fan in general, right? So, look, I think it's very surprising that the BCCI does not embrace the concept of women's cricket all out where they say we'll have double headers and we'll hold at least one half of the tournament. I'm sure they can hold a women's tournament where there are double headers, right? And um, I think it's more to do with the way our society functions by ours, I mean, the Indian society, because at times, if you look at BBL, they started BBL right away with women's and men's. The 100 that's going to, at least we expect it start later this summer, will start with the women's and men's directly. So. New Zealand, some of these so-called air quotes, first world countries actually already have a well-fledged women's program up and running. And probably at least in some countries, I hear a women's program is as competitive, if not more competitive than the men's game. So in my time, I would like to really see this happen. Not only that, if, if if you look at it from last March 2020, when India played the final of the World T20, Since then till now, the Indian women's team have only played one series and that was against South Africa, five ODIs and three T20s, out of which one of the T20s was held alongside the same time the Indian men were playing the English side. And uh, that happened with one of the ODIs as well. So it's it's, it's disappointing how, how the priorities are not there. And, you know, a lot of people say that it's not there because the money isn't there, etc, etc. See, uh, to, to make anything grow, you need to have that investment. And uh, BCCI, with the funds that they have, they're never going to lack those resources. They can obviously put in some money into the women's cricket and make it make a very robust system for the women's cricket as well. So, so the two teams that India have lost to in the, in the last three ICC World Tournaments, that are England and Australia, who already have a very good women's uh, T20 league. The Australia, Australia have the women's uh, BBL and uh, England also have that T20 blast. I think it's the, it was the Kia T20 league. Now the name has been changed. So you also sort of understand how much this is related to, to a robust system. Uh, there's a reason why uh, in, Indian women's team have, have struggled to perform under pressure on the bigger stage while Australia and England don't. Absolutely. I mean, I'm worried that uh, just like the Sometimes you see in the men's cricket, there is a clear distinction that there are four or five teams in the upper part of the first tier and the rest of them are below them. I mean, I'm worried the Indian women's team have suffered the same fate there in the second half of the top tier, if anything. 
when it comes to women's cricket this was clear when we saw uh, south africa when they visited uh, india and they played against in the indian women's team i saw there was a huge difference it was not the talent it was the practice it was the the ease with which the uh, south african women were playing i mean i mean this is a very long topic and uh, quite a painful one as far as i'm concerned so i would like to park it if you don't mind let's move on to the ipl if you were to take a look at um, the ipl that's ongoing so first of all i mean before we start discussing this do you have a favorite team at all gurkirat and do you think uh, who do you think uh, you have been supporting from the inception of ipl at least let's start from there so uh, i am a delhi boy and when the ipl started virender sehwag was the icon player then delhi went on to sign gautam gambhir apart from that there were other names there was uh, amit mishra who was a part of the team there was glenn uh, glenn magrah who was there there was shoaib malik there was mohammad asif there was ab devilliers there was harviz maroof there were quite a few players who were who were a part of the squad i think the delhi daredevils squad in the first three seasons was one of the strongest in 2009 i'd say that the 2009 delhi daredevils team probably remains to be the strongest squad or the strongest side not to win the ipl they had the likes of manoj tiwari mithun manas in the reserves dinesh karthik was there and david warner daniel vitori all these players were there so De- i think delhi had a top order of uh, gautam gambhir david warner virendra sehwag ap devilliers tilak ratne dilshan was there and it was followed by uh, dinesh karthik and then you had dirk nanas who was there in that side as well uh, along with amit mishra then there was pradeep Sa- pradeep sangwan who was doing well a left arm seamer ashish nehra came into the side in 2009 so there was a lot to like about that side and uh, them performing well obviously you know allow uh, helped me and motivated to stick with them but then after those three seasons the first three seasons there was a lot of uh, downward curve apart from the good season in 2012 where they uh, finished third where i thought that they could have even gone the distance uh, they they've been they were under par and disappointing and even underwhelming uh, but since the name change in 2019 they've done well again third in 2019 second in 2020 hopefully first this year i still don't think that they've you know uh, performed as per their capability and uh, their capacity in this season they have won five games out of seven but uh, there was no reason for them to lose those two games because they are a better side than that and uh, the fact that they've they want managed to win these five games despite not firing on all cylinders speaks a lot about their uh, their quality and depth totally i agree so you're a delhi boy your team is delhi Uh, no matter which uh, avatar it currently takes right I'm, i come from bangalore and i would like to think we we are sort of on the same boat because two very strong teams historically and a big huge fan base as well but not really going on to clinch Price. trophy i think bangalore have been runner up twice even right let's focus on these two teams our favorite teams and then we'll see who are really in the ascendancy and who might actually go on to take the ipl this time so Maybe we can start with RCB. So, the, from the last episode, there have been four games that RCB have played, uh, of which two they have won and two they have lost. So, it's a win-loss, win-loss. This is the let's say the pattern they have taken up. Before that, they were high flying. The four out of four they had wins. But do you think there are cracks that are that were always there in the RCB squad are now coming to uh, play, or is it just a small stumble that they are taking? As far as RCB is concerned, I felt that their squad last year was better than what they have this year. the reason for that is uh, i felt that they only have navdeep saini as a death bowler who ironically has has played only one game and didn't bowl his quota of overs in that game on the other hand the development of mohammed siraj is something which uh, you know which is very heartening to see and i think 
it will uh, it will make any and every indian cricket fan proud of how he's you know developed uh, so far in the last 6 7 months uh, you can certainly see that the confidence that he had uh, after bowling in australia is translating to his performances in this ipl but the reason why i say that their squad was better last time because they had a chris morris uh, and uh, navdeep saini who could bowl at the death with harshal patel and kyle jamison i wasn't very confident and i still would say that despite harshal patel taking those 17 wickets he's not the kind of bowler who you can rely on day in and day out to bowl those two, two to three overs at the death i know he's worked on his yorker but the issue is with his pace if he misses the mark the margin of error is even lesser than what it is with an express pacer and that is why you see that he went for runs even in the la- uh, even in this game versus punjab he went for 53 if i'm not wrong he went for runs against uh, against uh, chennai and he went for runs against rajasthan also so uh, if you see that the rcb bowling isn't that robust enough because yuzvendra chahal is also struggling and he's not even taking wickets and the biggest reason why i say that rcb is bowling still needs to be worked upon is rajasthan royals was 43 for 4 but they still managed to reach 177 no other good bowling attack would have allowed them to reach 177 at max it would have been 150 so that tells you that the rcb bowling still needs to work on it needs to work on it itself it's just that on slower pitches where there is uh, a lack of pace and some some level of grip the spinners can come in the slower balls can work but on absolutely flat tracks those their bowling can come under a lot of pressure and the five games that they play in kolkata will 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 be a big factor because their bowling can come under a lot of scrutiny because kolkata off late in the last two three seasons has been a batting beauty i i'd say it is it's the second best batting track in the ipl after one k days so i i i'm still not very i, I think they would qualify but I, i i wouldn't put my neck out and say yeah they, that they can go go the distance because their bowling is still under uh, under some pressure and it is it is it is something that uh, that can fail them on big days also uh, virat kohli's form last season also he wasn't at his best i think uh, his strike rate was 122 i know he scored 500 runs but the strike rate was on the lower side and uh, his strike rate of 122 was his lowest since the 2012 or the 2013 ipl and uh, this season also in they've played seven games so far and uh, virat kohli hasn't hit his traps yet i know he scored that 50 against Rajasthan Royals but that game was more or less broken by Devdar Particle through his 100 so they would need a uh, Virat uh, Kohli to for find forms because he's not been his usual self the the pacing of the innings is not there if you look at the game versus Punjab uh, he himself got into a tangle and you know was just trying to force the issue so he probably needs to use that power play a lot better than what he is doing so far all very valid points really i mean i think rcb as always we are really worried them have peaked too early their bowling attack is unraveling uh, chahal is not doing what he gives uh, every season for rcb the stability he gives in the middle overs and somehow death is still a problem right uh, we thought we had a solution uh, when harshal patel was delivering but i think his season has come is going to come a cropper i'm worried because it was all good in the first couple of games where he played in chennai what you said with the pitch gripping with his slower balls and everything now that he's at a slightly more evenly paced deck at least there's no wear and tear on it yet i'm worried at least he's been found out for sure even uh, in the fag end of the chennai leg he was found out for example when he really got butchered by jadeja that was quite instructive 37 runs in an over is definitely game changing no matter which over it happens to 
actually concede 37 in the last over of the innings where you know it changes the complexion of the entire uh, game because 37 is normally more than the number of runs usually the difference between the winning and the losing side so all this having said and done i think they have a couple of things that still work for them glen maxwell has had a couple of uh, fallow games abd villiers is as good as he can be because uh, look even age is catching up with him as good as he is no doubt and probably you are absolutely right kohli's form is a real worry because kohli used to always start us as an rcb off and then at the end it used to, it used to be somebody finishing it off i mean batting was there all right they're still a very batting heavy team they started very promising when it came to bowling but all those old problems have come up again so you you basically highlighted the whole thing so in this case it it looks really tough i see them making the playoff based on the start they had five wins out of five but the way now it's a up and down battle i think even the game against delhi they were really really lucky to get away with a the win there because the way delhi came back i felt i felt really bad for the way in which at least hetmeyer and pant pant played a anchor almost but the way hetmeyer played i mean it was a dead and buried game with 4 3 overs left you could think he never gave up and they kept hitting sixes towards the end and i think look kyle jamison as a bowler he's still developing harshal patel has certain um, limitations let's say and uh, i think scott kugline whom they have brought in in place of kane richardson could be a good investment do you say uh, when it comes to at least death over bowling uh, in the game versus delhi it was more than it was more to do with delhi losing that game than rcb winning that game delhi did a lot of things wrong in that game they, they got the playing 11 wrong uh, there's no way steve smith plays ahead of a sam billings or an andrew nokia then they made the mistake of amit mishra not bowling his full quota of overs then uh, hetmeyer wasn't promoted he should have come in if not at number 3 then at uh, the fall of the third wicket when prithvi shaw got out had hetmeyer come in one over before that game was, would have finished with three or four balls to spare and then pant's approach didn't help uh, someone like pant cannot be 23 of 25 balls he, he put too much pressure on himself and i think the fact that he couldn't connect at the end was because he was losing his shape while going for those big shots so uh, you know but rcb should take those two points because delhi were poor that day and i think uh, you know th- that kind of game was needed for delhi to understand uh, you know what they're doing wrong uh, doing wrong it's it's disappointing that they still didn't make a change in the, uh, their 11 nokia should have played the game versus kkr but it is how it is as far as scott kuglian is concerned he uh, i'm not very comfortable with him you know playing in the ipl with with the charges that are against him of of assault and uh, you know of, of of sexual assault so that is something which which i i am not comfortable with i am someone who really you know can't differ between uh, the personal and the professional i i, I think that sports persons are 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 in the public life they they have uh, you know they have a few examples that they can always make to the society and when you play someone like a scott kuglin you sort of don't give the right example i've spoken on this before as well i've tweeted about this as well that it's it becomes very hypocritical of of the ipl teams and even the new zealand cricket that when you say that you celebrate women in sport and you are all for women empowerment but then you go and uh, you know uh, have someone like scott kuglin that part apart uh, i think his addition might help rcb because he brings in that extra pace but uh, i i am slightly disappointed with with his signing not for cricketing reasons but uh, for non cricketing reasons and i think anyone who's who's a, who's a cricket fan 
and who realizes the, the values and uh, you know the importance of such stuff would sort of agree with me i think you have a point there but i mean as they say you know as it comes to certain leaders from india he has been exonerated by a court in his country right it's it might not be the highest court of the land but it's it's a very complicated question and i'm yeah i'm loath to go into it i have some thoughts of it myself but when I, i would like to restrict it to his cricketing skills and i would say maybe he can bring something uh, to the rcb team in terms of finishing maybe if he can take the place of jamison jamison did strike a few good blows today so he he shows he can bat so that it's going to be interesting as far as rcb is concerned for the rest of the season for them i would say they have a really uphill battle because they may half and puff and reach the um, qualifiers but there they'll stumble and fall down because what we are seeing here is really worrisome indeed and uh, i think they also need to utilize harshal patel differently now He's, he can give them two or three overs but uh, he has a lot of he, he has value in his batting as well as we saw in the last game so probably someone like him can be a pinch hitter at number 3 and we sent in to give that impetus so that you know virat kohli can take a little more time to settle in because his batting is not going to be utilized uh, if he's batting at number 8 or number 9 and he opens in domestic cricket for haryana so he's a more than he's more than a decent batsman i think that is how rcb should look to utilize him and uh, you know probably bring in a, another bowler somewhere and uh, or probably even uh, get a fin allen at at the top probably get a fin allen at the top and uh, you know get another indian bowler in navdeep saini but they'll have to do it uh, if if not sooner than later than later because uh, the lineup that they are playing um, i think may not be sustainable towards the later stages of the tournament unless you know harshal keeps delivering those performances the good thing is that he's done better than what everyone expected and he deserves credit for it because he's been able to nail those yorkers the problem is to expect him to nail those yorkers at all times against power hitters is something which is which is which is not the right kind of expectation from someone like him no you're absolutely right in this case i think they'll have to rethink his role both with the bat and ball i would say he cannot be the finisher if given the you know the proof of the last three games he cannot be the finisher anymore he'll probably have to bowl out before the 16th over let's say and then when it comes to the way they want him Uh, with the bat yeah he could be a solution at 3 but i am looking at finnal net 3 really you know patidar has done his bit he'll probably get more chances later in the season as well but time to blood finnal and see what he can do i mean all right that's enough of rcb but then let's go to the other team your favorite delhi capitals so really i mean the from the moment they changed their name they have changed their approach they have brought in a different coaching setup and as you say they have grown from strength to strength and uh, this season at least they seem to be sorting out all their problems one by one they still have a couple of match winning players on the bench in the form of norkia possibly billings but i mean when i look at the way they played at least in the game against uh, bangalore i mean i'm just going to take it as an example you had you had it all right you analyzed it perfectly one of the things i see is indeed i mean is steven smith a problem definitely but you know a player of smith's quality you can always hope he'll come good but then stoinis is also not really firing on all cylinders somehow hetmeyer cannot get the confidence of the coach that's the way i look at it in that team right um, because somebody like hetmeyer in my team would be playing at 3 because he's a left hander he's an adventurous left hander and god knows he can he can actually storm the let's say the bastion of the 
opposition if required he has that uh, let's say the audacity as well as the strokes the way i look at it he should bat much higher up the order rather than as a finisher because he can be an agenda setter right so when you look at the batting really at least prithvi shaw is an on and off sort of a thing hot and cold thing when he's good he's really good when he's not he's not and we saw what he could do in the game yesterday where he simply took the game away the first over almost killed the game uh, gurkira do you also think it's something like uh, this for you i've always felt that uh, you know shimran hatmire adds a lot more value than what a steve smith would in a t20 game uh, also what what he adds to the to to uh, to the batting lineup is the is another left hander in the middle order because there's only rishabh pant and shikhar dhawan everyone else is a right hander and uh, the fact is last season delhi got uh, a lot of bonus out of uh, stronis's bowling because the grounds were big the the pitches were slightly slow and uh, teams used to attack him a lot more because they couldn't really go after rabada or nokia so he got a lot of junk wickets let's make no mistake about it this season uh, the fact is that uh, you know the pitches aren't that slow and uh, the boundaries are small so see see you have to understand someone like a stronis uh can't bowl economically in a ground like one kid he he did the job in the one game versus mumbai when he bowled those three overs for 20 because that pitch suited him the pitch was slow he could bowl cutters and uh, you know the boundaries were big uh, but again again versus bestow he went for runs because bestow is the kind of batsman who will take down players like him and with stoinis it was expected that whenever he bowls in the last five because abd was said that he will go for more than 15 runs so you can't blame stoinis because he's not in the team to to bowl to abd villiers in the last five overs that was that was a calculation on the part of on on the part of uh, the think tank and something similar happened versus rajasthan as well when ashwin didn't complete his overs and stonis was given the ball and he went for 15 runs it's not his fault the thing is he's not being utilized as a batsman also because he's also essentially a top three player along with hitmire which is why i felt that delhi should have never gone for a steve smith in the auction itself you had shreyas ayer anyway You had Ajinkya Rahane, you had Shimran Atmire, you had uh, Marcus Stoinis. So you had four potential number threes, and then you went on to sign Vishnu Vinod as well. So there was no reason for you to sign Steve Smith anyway. Once you did, you still had to play uh, both uh, Shimran Atmire and Marcus Stoinis ahead of Steve Smith. Someone like a um, uh, Shimran Atmire can bat at number three when spinners are in operation and Shikhar Dhawan gets out, and someone like a Marcus Stoinis can come at number three when Prithvi Shaw gets out. That also allows you to have that left hand right combination, and then you can sandwich a Lalit Yadav between your big hitters who can you could sort of hold one hold one end up. And he's also very good hitter of spin bowling. So there is no need for a Steve Smith to be there in the eleven. But what what is holding them back is is they want stability. But the problem is like it was with Ajinkya Rahane last season. he is not providing that stability also he played a good innings versus mumbai i will give him that but he was very scratchy versus versus srh he got lucky with a with with couple of boundaries on the edges with that in, enhanced his strike rate but he was he potentially played a match losing lock in chennai uh, versus srh and uh, if you if you look at you know uh, the issue of number 3 ajinkya rahane last season batted seven innings seven innings and in six innings he was dismissed in the power play he was out to bolt twice out to cummings once out to jofra archer once in the last game that delhi played versus rcb steve smith should be in the side to sort of hold hold that end up and not get out in the power play and he played a very poor shot my issue is 
you can have someone like pant also play the anchor because he's done it in test matches against better bowling attacks so you really don't need a specific anchor you can also have a vishnu vinod who can go after the bowling or you can promote a lalit yadav to go after the bowling you really don't need a specialist anchor in the team rishabh pant can do that role if needed uh, and this is something which i advocate for uh, kings 11 punjab too someone like a kl rahul opening shouldn't be playing anchor because he is wasting the power play if he is too afraid about the batting lineup crumbling he can come in at number 4 and number 5 but let others go out up at the top and you know take advantage of that power play so uh, i think delhi really need to get this one right because if you have four pacers uh, or uh, of the quality of rabada nokia ishant and uh, and avesh Uh, teams are not going to score a lot of runs against you on most days. You are not going to end up conceding more than one sixty, because you cannot play an Amit Mishra against all teams, especially when you play those five games in uh, Kolkata. Delhi play five games in Kolkata, so you would probably need four pacers. And with that bowling attack, you have your power play covered. You have your middle overs sort of covered, and you have your death overs covered. You can have Ishan Sharma bowl three overs at the power play and one somewhere in between. and then others can avesh has been brilliant make no mistake about it i think he's been the best bowler of this ipl so far in the seven games that delhi have uh, played he's got the biggest wicket in probably every game he got faf out versus chennai he got miller out versus rajasthan he got suryakumar yadav out versus mumbai he got puran out versus punjab he got the wicket of best versus srh got the wicket of virat kohli last game also uh, he got shubman gill out who, who, who was just looking to you know accelerate So Avesh Khan has been brilliant. It's just that Kadeshwar Abada has been slightly under par, but his last two games are, are good signs for Delhi because he's looked to bowl the Yorker. His pace has gone up. It's just that he needs to stop this obsession with slower balls because he's whenever he strikes those slower balls, he's gone for runs. He he attempted a slower ball versus Chris Morris was hit into the second tier in one K day. He attempted the slower ball versus Suchit went went he went a mile. He attempted that slower ball versus Andre Russell went 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 a mile. So there's no reason for someone like him to try the slower ball anyway. He's a pretty he has a pretty good Yorker should rely on it. If he fails in that execution of the Yorker or the batsman get better of it, so be it. But he should be a, he he's experienced enough to back his strengths. So I think Delhi uh, should make only one change to the eleven that they have they had versus uh, KKR. Uh, drop Steve Smith, uh, bring in Andrik Nokia. and uh, yeah that's about it probably if, if they need uh, probably can uh, you know send lalit yadav up because they had batting till eight anyway akshar was at number eight at at ba- batting till number seven with that bowling attack is good enough because with that bowling attack you're not going to give a lot of runs on most days the day you give you you expect that batting to do well all good points actually so i mean when i look at um, couple of things umesh yadav is still on the bench as well for delhi and the way avesh khan has bowled he's nailed down a spot i would say for the rest of the tournament akshar patel is there when it comes to the middle overs lalit yadav can do a bit of you know uh, spin as well so that covers almost all the as far as i'm concerned bowling options for delhi i mean with this in mind i would say i mean do you see delhi going the distance this time they can they they certainly can but uh, they need to figure out that batting order because uh, I, I don't think Steve Smith at number three is sustainable, and uh, there is bound to be a game where Avesh Khan will fail. He's inexperienced. Uh, he 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 might fail. Uh, you know, he's going to bowl. Though, he's going to play play five games at Kolkata, 
uh, those five games are going to be a test of his skill once again and you cannot rely on him to be your second best bowler every day and hence i'd say that you need someone like an andrik nokia because uh, there's a possibility if andrik nokia plays then then avesh khan will 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 probably in the will be in the race for the purple cap or on the purple cap because then teams will look to attack him a lot more and probably give him give him the wickets so they, they need to make this one change and they need to trust uh, shimran empire to bat at 3 or uh, you know marcus tonis to bat at 3 because at this point of time marcus tonis as a batsman is not being utilized neither is shimran empire as a batsman Uh, Marcus Tonis has played a couple of cameos, but he's better than that, as we saw last season. They need to they need to use use these two players better. And uh, if, if if they don't win this time, you know, because of the eleven that they are playing, then it's down to Ricky Ponting. Mm. Execution is one thing, but you need to plan. You you need to plan accordingly. It's it's fine if you plan accordingly and lose because some other team has executed their skills better or you haven't. But if your plan on paper, you know. Uh, isn't isn't solid or foolproof enough then uh, then it's more disappointing i'd say fair enough i think you have it right so i think they are a bit far away from really identifying their final 11 or final 12 i'd say one thing uh, you know it might come across as a little arrogant right right now but there are three players that delhi shouldn't consider uh, in the playing 11 ajinkya rahane and tom karan are one i was very happy that they lost the second game uh, because if you if you have If you have Stephen Smith, if you have uh, Sam Billings, Shimran Atmire, Mesh Yadav, Ishan Sharma, uh, all these players on the bench, and you play Tom Curran, Andrew Nokia, and you play Tom Curran and uh, Steve, uh, Ajinkya Rahane ahead of them, then you know you def- you're not playing the right eleven. There's something wrong. It's I'm glad that they lost that game because that forced them to make that change. Because you know uh, there's this cliche in cricket that says. you know don't fix anything that isn't broken but a lot of times people don't realize that uh, something might be broken but it still might be you know doing the job just because the the pressure on that broken joint hasn't been enough to completely expose it so had delhi won that game they would have continued with that uh, playing 11 for another game and uh, you know i don't know what what else would have happened so it's it's good in a way that they lost that game because that bowled them and i am hoping that whenever they lose they take something out of the game for the next year i was just, that is why i was disappointed with them not dropping stevens for the last game all right that sums up delhi very nicely but there is no ipl that would be complete without us discussing mumbai and chennai but let's go with chennai first i mean are these the team that has surprised everyone this season they have really you know come out with all guns blazing and they seem to have a fully functional 11 which seems to have most most of the things covered do you think uh, gurkirat or do you see it differently i honestly didn't expect chennai to win five games out of six i i thought that they'll struggle to make it to the uh, playoffs this time because they really rely on chepok to do well and that was something uh, which was echoed by both stephen fleming and ms dhoni last season that they missed chepok and when i saw that saw their venues that they play only four games at delhi because they play five at vankhede and uh, two games in uh, Bangalore and three games in and three games in Kolkata. They have they have ten games at they had ten games at Mumbai, Kolkata, and Bangalore, and only four at Delhi. I thought it's it's going to be difficult. But the fact that they won four games in one day and two of them while defending spoke spoke really volumes of their team character. There was no way I thought that they should have won versus KKR. 
uh, once they had chosen to bowl, once once they had been put in, because I thought that pitch is such that and KKR's batting lineup is such that they should be able to chase anything. Similarly, I I thought that they could do they could lose to Rajasthan as well, but they they managed to win it. And uh, tomorrow when they play, you know, Mumbai in Delhi, it's it's going to be an uphill task. But I'm I've been really surprised with how their bowling uh, has come up uh, has come along because I thought that their bowling is 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 not their stronger suit. They definitely have the batting depth, and it is something that has that they have addressed since the last season. Last season they lost a lot of games chasing when they were only five or six down. And they had the likes of Shardul Thakur, Deepak Chahar, uh, Dwayne Bravo, who didn't even get to bat. So that approach in batting is definitely very refreshing to see. But uh, I think their bowling is still, uh, you know, isn't great enough. It it can be put under a lot of pressure. And uh, it is, you know, they, they are going to need an Imran Tahir some, somewhere down the line or maybe even a Berendorf because that bowling lineup isn't, isn't doing great. Shardul Thakur isn't, isn't performing up to the mark. Sam Curran can go for a lot of runs at the death. Uh, so can Lungi Ngidi. And uh, Dwayne Bravo isn't a regular because uh, Lungi Ngidi is being preferred over him. So I'm concerned about their bowling. But uh, now that they have five wins out of six, I, I, I don't see that they won't qualify from here on. Uh, I don't think they are capable of not qualifying from here, here on. They, they won't do such a bottom line. First of all, I would like to congratulate you on almost a photographic memory of the let's say, the schedule of IPL in this season. You seem to exactly know which team plays where, and I find it very difficult to do that. But when it comes to Chennai, look, first of all, they have a firing top three. That's very good. right? They brought Suresh Chana back. Party places found his groove. Rituraj Gaikwad has found a place for himself in this eleven, And of course, they have this mercurial Ravindra Jadeja. I mean, the less we speak about him, the better, because we could spend an episode simply speaking Ravindra Jadeja and how much he he contributes to any team he plays in. I mean, the way he finished against Bangalore, for example, and I think that took the sails completely out of Bangalore's, let's say, the ship. And also another thing, Imran Tahir is playing. This is a very wily, very, very uh, knowledgeable leg spinner who probably is also good to have in the squad because he can bring all your spinners along. You have Jadeja. I mean, look, would I start with a Karan ahead of a Bravo? Probably not. For me, it's always Bravo ahead of Karan. But Karan brings this X factor, right? And then you have likes of you know, Deepak Chahar is sort of maturing all the time. Shardul Thakur has an on-day, off-day because against Bangalore, he was fantastic. But later on, for example, during Kolkata, he bled a lot of runs. So they have an on and off uh, sort of a night, but that's probably how most T20 games will go for bowlers. But I think they have most of the equation sorted out. And as you rightly point out, they'll probably go ahead and qualify. A Chennai that qualifies is a completely different Chennai from the one that is probably struggling in the league phase, right? A Chennai that qualifies is a Chennai that's going for victory. So for me, like every time, it'll be always, whichever team needs to win the IPL has to beat Chennai and Mumbai probably in consecutive games leading up to the final, if not in the final itself. So uh, do you see Chennai going the distance this time? Honestly, I, I don't think that they have the squad, but you never know. Although Suresh Anna is back, but you see what has been... You know, uh, a game-changing thing for them has been Moin Ali at number three. They're not, they're not sending Suresh Anna at number three at all times. They send in Moin Ali and they ask him to attack uh, because they understand that even though Moin Ali isn't great versus pace, uh, he's probably better than what Suresh Anna is because Suresh Anna is still having, still has those issues versus a short ball. 
but uh, you know he also realizes that he doesn't need to play long in this chennai lineup he needs to you know keep going bang bang what what has helped them is the improvement of ravindra jadeja the batsman over the last season his bowling is slightly better than what it was last season but again it's something that can again you know come under uh, be put under a lot of pressure so uh, like i said i'm not very confident of chennai's bowling i don't think you know chennai is the kind of uh, bowling attack that can defend scores even if you, even if you have to chase one 180 against them it is possible on most days uh, because uh, if they don't play uh, jason berendorf you only have to see out deepak chahar and you know the late, the longer you go into the tournament the hotter it gets in india there is going to be less assistance of seaman swain so deepak chahar becomes easier to deal with and then shardul thakur is not in great form so it comes down to lungi and giri lungi and giri has has been okay but he is not the same bowler that he was in back in 2018 not done well for south africa also so i, I think it's difficult because like i said I, i i don't think you know that they can they can defend scores they can certainly chase anything because of the batting depth but defending is difficult i know they defended it uh, twice in one cricket Uh, against rcb rather thrice against rcb against uh, rajasthan against kkr but what was helped to them uh, through rcb was that they were playing a day game there was no dew and uh, the start that rcb got they were 44 for no loss in three overs they could have chased it down they messed up there was no dew so i'm i'm still worried about chennai's bowling i know the results are in their favor but it, it's not going to take long when you know uh, when when ms dhoni doesn't have the luck of the toss in 2018 he won a lot of tosses which helped them but if they don't win the toss they they're, they're going to find it difficult having seen what chennai can do the moment they enter the qualifiers i would always be wary of them you have to be afraid because ms dhoni knows how to play his cards well he is a very wily wily customer he knows how to get most out of his players but the thing is uh, he cannot upskill those players he can use them to 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 what 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 he best can but against good batting lineups against an rcb against a delhi against a mumbai that bowling attack is very very vulnerable in fact that bowling attack was vulnerable even against pat cummings right i mean they have some chinks no doubt but i mean on a given day i somehow feel they'll pull through even if it's a low scoring let's say a contest they have let's say that mental strength to pull through and that's the thing i really appreciate about the way chennai play their game in any case i mean let's discuss the other team in the top 4 mumbai you you never write off mumbai right i mean they are five times champions we know all this that they usually start slow all of these are normal things that we get to see when mumbai play but this time somehow they feel specially vulnerable to me uh, i don't know if you feel similar way or maybe you have a different opinion on this they are because uh... Trent Bolt is not uh, getting wickets up at the top, but he's become a better death bowler than what he was when he was with Delhi. He's he's landing those yorkers better, but they're not getting wickets in the power play that much. And uh, the other thing is that their batsmen were struggling for form on slower tracks in Chennai, and uh, you know it would be interesting to see how they go about when they come to Ahmedabad. So uh, that is there. and uh, kunal pandya's bowling see kunal pandya is the kind of bowler who becomes better because he plays you know in a lineup that has very good bowlers there is a jasmin bumrah there is trent bolt who is taking wickets so he is not 
he was never bowling in a situation where he was under pressure even the opposition was is more or less under pressure so they don't attack him but uh, that is an issue so the, and the form of shan kishan is i think he'll get back into form when he when he plays on better pitches but the key to that mumbai bowl mumbai batting lineup is surya kumar yadav you get him early you put them under under pressure because he really doesn't you know doesn't waste any time he, he just you know whatever point of time he comes and he just knows how to bat one way and he just goes about doing his business and the fact is he doesn't even look to be you know reckless while doing it it comes very naturally to him so surya kumar yadav is going to be key for mumbai because he's the one who's who really holds that batting a- lineup uh, along because uh, hardik pandya hasn't done great so far and kairon bolard can't pull you out through every time so they don't look that robust but they're still a very good side a couple of names you took there uh, i would at least like to go back to one is well at least quinton de kock is still not yet firing on all cylinders i mean against uh, rajasthan royals he came good that he scored a 70 and that was one of the first innings i remember for a while in the ipl from him that sort of made an impact right apart from a couple of very good 30s this is the worst first real one i've seen then of course as you say look runal pandya can be an all rounder but he's always good as a part of a good bowling lineup you highlighted it very correctly and when it comes to kairan pollard that's the other player so these two are almost always in the 11 because quinton de kock both are all rounders quinton de kock can keep and kairan pollard you know you wouldn't drop kairan pollard no matter what i think if you're mumbai these two are yet to let's say um come good this is a big deal now if you were to just sum up mumbai's chances i would like to think they are going to pick up momentum going forward and again mumbai just like chennai it's a team that knows how to win the moment they qualify right so this is a team you would definitely be very wary of because the spin spin is really doing good i mean before the tournament everybody was saying the spin is not going to be much of a problem but rahul chahar has been doing really good he's been taking wickets so i mean i would never write off mumbai if if you were to look at their form and the way they pick up they understand how a tournament progresses and how they themselves mature as the tournament goes on now i think we should quickly wrap up with those that are left unfortunately uh, ipl like many other tournaments it's a long one and as the tournament goes on the teams sort of divide themselves into two almost like i know two stages or two leagues and in this case those in the bottom rajasthan royals srh kkr right these three are very surprising because with their win today punjab kings have again given themselves a chance to be probably the fifth ranked if not the fourth ranked team maybe displace one of the teams from the top four let's go through these teams one by one quickly what do you think about kkr no mess i think if they don't qualify this season it would be the first time since the last se- last three seasons that they didn't uh, that, that they won't qualify see i have never been a fan of having overseas captains because uh, when they don't perform or they are out of form they not only block a space in the 11 they block an overseas spot which is which is so important for any ipl side and i was never in favor of uh, them uh, I, i know it says that you know ganesh karthik stepped down but i was never in favor of that decision because uh, you could sense that it was not ganesh karthik who was taking those decisions but it was brendan mccallum the other thing that i think is happening is because that i don't think that kkr have those players who can play in the ideology that uh, brendan mccallum or an oyen morgan believe Uh, they believe in an ideology where play, where everyone has to go bang bang at, uh, at uh, you know uh, from straight from straight away ball one, but I don't think Shubman Gill is probably that kind of a player. 
and i think that kind of philosophy can only be practiced by a team that has you know batting till 8 or 9 uh with kkr uh, you know when pat cummings come at comes at number 7 i don't think that is very much possible and uh, you know uh, oin morgan also if you see since the 2019 world cup hasn't been great with the bat his his weakness of the short ball is getting found out probably you know they can play uh, tim stefford or uh, you know a ben cutting and then try it out but for that they'll have to drop uh, oin morgan and if they do that then it it won't send a great signal and i think it's a similar issue with srh srh i think uh, weren't great in the last two seasons i know they qualified for the playoffs but in 2019 they only qualified with six wins in 2020 they did it with seven wins on the back of net run rate they've had issues in their side over the last two seasons but they've been papered over because of few individuals chipping in all all the time last season it was kane williamson uh, natarajan doing very well rashid doing very well and then warner chipping in with a few performances but I, i didn't even understand what srh were doing at the auction there was no reason for them to retain all three of basil thumpy siddharth call and khalil ahmed when they weren't doing well there was no reason for them to get mujib when nabi wasn't getting a game there was no reason for them to sign a jason roy as a replacement for mitchell marsh they haven't had a express pacer in their side for the last 3 years they had uh, uh, billy stanley but he did they, they didn't use him because they 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 had to play top, uh, three overseas in the top four and they found out last season going towards the end that a, that a top four of three overseas batsmen isn't sustainable which is why they had to play jason holder and uh, 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 jason holder and drop uh, johnny besto so they really didn't address any of the issues that they had they only did three signings one was pradeesha suchit the other was of uh, kedar jadhav and of uh, mujib and they have been stuck with uh, with the manish pande somehow and not been using him well and on occasions when they have needed some impetus in the innings they have failed to promote even rashid khan they have not even used his batting very well so a lot of things that you know that that they are doing wrong and with warner you know giving those comments in the post match that he that dropping manish wasn't his call then uh you know why kane williamson didn't bat at three wasn't his call i don't know what's really happening and warner the batsman is also losing his impact his strike i know he scored 500 runs last season but his strike rate was 133 which was 10 points down than his usual and uh, this season his strike rate is not even 120 so it's a cause of concern probably you know uh, they need to make uh, kane williamson the captain and bring jason roy in if they want to save their season but i i doubt that 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 will happen I think you've hit it all because for me, I mean, they're a mess. The way they selected the squad is wrong. Many of the times, the way they play their eleven, I see there can be more that can be done. And even in the eleven, they have the order is wrong. The batting order is wrong. The choice of bowlers is wrong. I somehow think Warner as a captain, uh, the time for him has come and gone. You should give it to a more mature individual like Kane Williamson, right? If not, if you think there is an Indian that is required that will give you more flexibility, time to blood in somebody like Manish Pandey because. for me he's always in the 11 and he's been long enough with the let's say the franchise that he's one of their bedrocks i would blood somebody like him as an ex captain he's also captain karnataka but the, but the issue with him is that see last game he played one of his better innings but it was still 61 of 46 balls and it was in kotla one of the smallest grounds in uh, in the ipl and it was against a bowling attack that which i'd say isn't the greatest so there was no reason for him to you know not keep going after mohin ali once he had dispatched him for that six so it's 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 a side that is in a colossal mess i'd say and there is no way that they can get out of it 
Similarly for KKR, I have, I can't explain why they don't play a lock for this. I really have no reason. They, they, they're caught in between. They, they, they don't even have bowling depth. They don't even have batting depth. They, they're trying to find the middle ground, but they're not realizing that they cannot find that middle ground with the resources that they have. Uh, even if they play a Ben cutting, I don't think his bowling will add a lot uh, than maybe adding a two overs. And for if he plays, then you have to you know drop an Indian bowler and probably get another Indian batsman or do the other way around. So it's 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 a mess that they are not able to solve, and only they are responsible for themselves. The only team that I feel bad for is Rajasthan Royals because their squad construction was very good. They've been hit with injuries and no one can do anything about it. Jofra getting ruled out. Then Stokes getting out after the first game. Andrew Tai choosing to go back home. Liam Livingstone choosing to go back home. It is something that they can't do much about. And even Karthik Tyagi was injured for the first few games. They need to bring Karthik Tyagi in because he's the one who can bowl at the death with uh, Chris Morris. Uh, Chetan Sakaria cannot do that. Uh, Jaydev Nadkat definitely cannot do that. We have seen enough of that. Probably with Rashid Vanderdessen coming in, they might. I, I think if they play him in the 11, and drop Mustafizur and play Karthik Tyagi as a bowler, it might help them because Shivam Dubey isn't adding much. They could probably drop Shivam Dubey, bring in Vander, uh, Vander du- uh, Rassi Vander Dusen and uh, play Karthik Tyagi in place of Mustafizur Rahman. Uh, that might make their side a little more robust and uh, hopefully then they can get those results because last game they, they were actually in a good position and they, they just messed up with that promotion of uh, Shivam Dubey. I mean, that leaves us with uh, the enigma, for me at least, this season, Punjab Kings. How do you see them performing? Do you see them really qualifying, Give them giving themselves a chance at all? See, Punjab Kings, again, last time also they had a good squad. This time also they have a good squad. But uh, the way they manage their players and their eleven is something which is, which is really disappointing. I, for one, don't like the approach that KL Rahul is taking. I know it worked today, but it, it will not work on most of it. If, if, if he's, like I said previously, he's better off batting in the middle order. If he's too concerned about the collapse, he can send in someone up, uh, maybe a Mandeep Singh, maybe a Prabhsimran, along with Mayank and ask them to keep going for it and then have Gale at three. Or maybe open with Gale and Mayank and then have Prabhsimran at three or Mandeep at three, uh, Nicholas Puran at four, and then he can come in at five. Whatever way, but uh, he cannot be batting in the first 10 overs because what he did in the last five overs, he can do it even if he comes, at, comes into bat at the 11th or 12th over. There is no no reason to waste those 10 overs with the way that he bats in those 10 overs. Another thing, I think uh, Punjab should try Ishan Porel sometime. See, last last time they, they over, uh, I think their bowling changes were wrong. Uh, the, especially when they chose to go with the bowling attack of uh, of Nisham, Krishna Gautam and Maxwell bowling 8 overs at Mumbai. So I thought they got that part wrong, but they were immensely helped by Bishnoi doing well. Murugan Ashwan doing well and then Ashdeep Singh doing well. Today they dropped Ashdeep Singh but they found another bowler in Harpreet Barar. I'm not sure how much it can be sustained with Harpreet Barar. But if they sort the bowling out, if they probably get in uh, Jai Richardson uh, if, if Meredith is injured and uh, you know probably uh, get a Fabian Allen at number 6 or number 7 and drop uh, Nicholas Poon. I know you know he has a lot of potential but he, he looks he looks in no form whatsoever. So they can probably drop in, drop one of their number six, number seven, and uh, get in Fabian Allen there and uh, have Amandeep Singh if needed. But I like the eleven that they play today. I think it's it's something that would help them. Chris Jordan, Mohammad Shami, and Meredith is a good pace attack. 
it's good that they chose to drop on Riquez. I, I I like the eleven. I hope they stick to it, and I hope they they change the batting order. All right. Because this team has a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Rahul success had to do with Chris Gale. Uh, you know, playing the innings that he did. Had Chris Gale not done that, uh, Rahul would have thrown his wicket away because he would have put himself under a lot of pressure. I think the enigma for me will still remain Punjab Kings. If they can sort themselves out, they give themselves a real chance of probably putting behind. Yeah, if 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 they if they if they start performing, then then someone like a Chennai or a Bangalore might miss out. Exactly. I mean, I don't see Chennai somehow missing out. Bangalore, if they are really going to fall down, they might very well miss out. Mumbai and Chennai somehow they'll they'll make it to the qualifiers because of the depth. Bangalore this time needs eight wins because their net run rate is 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 in the negative. Last time they qualified with seven, this time it won't happen. They'll need three more wins in their seven remaining games. But considering they are going to Kolkata, it's going to be interesting. Now, before we wrap up, whom do you think will actually qualify and who do you think will really win? I'd like Delhi to win. Uh, I'm not sure if they would. Uh, concerned about the playing eleven that they put out on the park, but I think. Delhi, Mumbai, Chennai, and uh, I'd say RCB will qualify. But uh, I, I'd like Delhi to win. I'm not sure if they would, but I definitely like that to happen. I agree with you there. Those would be my top four as well. As as it stands, the same top four will qualify. I'm going to say Mumbai will play the first qualifier. Chennai would have qualified as one of the top two teams, and I would say Chennai will wait. Whoever will be the champions this time in the final. And in this case, I'm hoping it's one of Delhi Capitals of Royal Challengers Bangalore because these two are the ones that have never won but have promised a lot throughout the, let's say, multiple seasons of IPL. So I'm really hoping it's going to be one of Delhi Capitals of Royal Challengers. But problem is indeed Royal Challengers have a lot to sort out. Delhi are looking much better, and I'm going to back Delhi Capitals to actually win this season. We, at least as far as I'm concerned, I would like a new team which has never won the IPL to win this time. I don't mind if it's a really a black horse like Punjab Kings coming through and winning. I don't care, but I would like a new team to come through and win. I mean, before we wrap up, I would like to quickly go through a couple of interesting stories. So one is the fate of some of the Australian players the moment they decided to leave the bubble. So I don't know if you saw this. Kane Richardson and Adam Zampa somehow they left the bubble from Bangalore. They were outside of it, but they couldn't get on a flight because the flights to Australia were cancelled, and then they had to do a whole lot of circus. They had to go through Doha, and finally they landed in Australia. Did you see this? I heard. I heard. Uh, see, I can understand why a few players are choosing to go back. Uh, they are genuinely worried, and I think the players who are not getting a game in the eleven, they have a lot more reason to go back because they think that uh, if they're not going to get a lot of uh, a lot of game time, it's better that they go back because bubble fatigue is a thing. Virat Kohli has also spoken of it, and uh, you know. Uh, having spoken to a lot of people who got covid a lot of them said that more than you know getting the flu or you know getting that fever or anything a lot of it uh, a lot of the exhaustion was because they were confined to a to a room and uh, it, it must be the same for the players because uh, every day if you to just go to the ground come back be in the hotel room not even get delivery or go out and eat it is going to see monotony is going to kill any not not literally kill but it it takes it toll so it's understandable why why the players who've chosen to go back have taken that decision and uh, we must respect it because at the end of the day the mental health aspect and the families are ahead of what you do so it's fine and i i think it's a good thing that the aussie players you know got the flight back and have landed uh, safely and are back home safe 
and you one would hope that you know the the players who are there in this bubble also you know don't get uh, don't don't get the virus or and their families do well as well we've heard how uh, ashwin's family uh, you know got covid positive uh, hoping that they, all of them get well soon and then as a delhi capitals fan i hope that if all of things all the things go well he's able to join back the squad when, whenever is it's possible indeed i mean he adds a lot to the 11 even though he didn't take wickets i think he kept going under 30 and that really helps right i mean the the potent threat that ashwin brings would be really crucial i mean for a delhi that could go on positive possibly win this tournament some of the things well dhoni's parents are also positive we got to read but dhoni decided to stay back because he had enough let's say people that he could trust who could take care of his parents that was nice to read but not always is it possible because umpire nitin menon has left the bubble because both his parents were tested covid positive you know he decided to leave the bubble on the other hand somebody like paul rifle an australian wanted to leave the bubble go back home but then somehow it 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 wouldn't pass because uh, because of the rules that australian government decided he decided to just stay back and continue to be in the bubble would that have been a, a reasonable choice for some players of australian origin do you think see someone uh, who has a point to prove I, i i actually felt that you know steve smith may not come to the ipl because of how much the price had taken a hit but he obviously has a point to prove i, I don't think that he's a great t20 player but in his mind he is a champion player we have seen how he uh, comes back in t20s and everything so he definitely has a point to prove i think so it all just comes down to what the player eventually feels is is going to be the right thing for him and uh, that's that's about it i mean you really can't make make these decisions for someone else to round it all off look new zealand players seem to be in the bubble we have at least three that we know of and but australian players uh, would want to leave that's a very strange thing don't you think because i think these two are the farthest most countries when it comes to distance and traveling and probably are the safest when it comes to covid apart from i think certain islands in the caribbean but new zealand players choose to stay on but australian players choose to leave is that a bit of a weird thing for you or not again comes down to uh, you know how much game time that they are getting if you see that kyle jamison is is a regular so makes sense for him to stay maybe lockie ferguson is staying back and finalen is there because brendan mccallum is in the setup so maybe he's been told that he's told them that you will get get a few games and the aussie players that who've, who've gone back see andrew white didn't play didn't play a single game uh, adam zampa would have found it difficult to make it to the 11 with yuzvendra uh, chahal so these factors also come into play all right i think that has been a very let's say a comprehensive uh, an overview of how ipl has gone on so far and maybe even Uh, some point as to how it might end this year do you think ipl should be stopped or do you think it should be allowed to go on i mean you yourself said it had a big impact on your mental let's say makeup and how you felt mentally but cricket itself but in general ipl do you think it it's a boon or a bane when it comes to the way it's being held and what's going on in india it's a, it's a very difficult question to answer because you know it's a it's a very layered topic and a layered discussion See, the the ones who are who are saying that it shouldn't be shouldn't be held they have a very valid point that when uh, people are not getting basic you know, basic tests being done for uh, for covid and on the other hand you have these players who are getting tested every uh, every second day uh, maybe those kits can be used for someone else and uh, there are ambulances and everything so all the medical staff and the medical resources that are being employed in the ipl they can definitely be 
used towards towards helping the crisis that is there in the country without a doubt but on the other hand uh, we also have to realize that the indian economy has taken a massive hit anyway in, in the last year or so and uh, the ipl also does help a lot of people who work around it uh, there are a lot of you know journalists who who were not even you know in the upper level of journalism who who just you know especially the freelancers for them uh, it's a huge thing uh, the ipl being held because they they tend to earn a lot so it's also a matter of a livelihood for a lot of players uh, not people not players not not particularly the players and the officials because they are better off but but the others who work around it last year we heard a story where irfan pathan you know uh, had sent in money to a cobbler in chennai who used to make a lot of money whenever those eight games of ipl used to happen uh, outside chepa so it, it's about that as well of course there are no no uh, no crowds so you know such people can't uh, can't uh, their livelihoods are obviously affected maybe in hindsight it's easier to say that the ipl could have been held but in uae again yeah I, i mean at this point of time it's a very difficult call i wouldn't mind even if it's called off uh, you know citing uh, the need for more medical resources and maybe you know the need to convert stadiums into uh, hospitals or you know to enhance the beds but uh, yeah I, but i don't see it getting called off i think the stakes are too high the stakes economically are too high that it won't get called off also the fact that bcci wants to uh, host the t20 world cup later this year that is an ad- additional factor so despite what i and you feel i don't think that the people who are going to take that decision are going to cancel it they will play it and uh, yeah it's 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 a, it's a very split it's it's a very uh, it's a very difficult uh, thing to sort of take stance for especially for someone like me because i i understand what the situation is uh, i know how people are struggling and still i am able to watch the game and you know get some peace so it's something that tricks me but i really can't make my mind i i can't be a pro or con in this situation i i am very split on on this one if i were to give my thoughts on this look i would say the amount of money that has been invested and the amount of people that have been put together to work on this tournament if you stop it right now is it's going to all go to waste it's not about the money but the personal and the livelihood as you say but also uh, the time that has been put in to get this thing going and also you know looking at the bigger picture itself there is a world cup to be held in october september october so the people that sort of hold the cards will probably not let this investment go to waste and all this preparation and all this let's say the showcase that's possible go to waste and things would sort themselves out uh there there will be a lot of losses uh, the way the, the what we hear about uh, things going on in india is absolutely devastating but we really hope you know from from our perspective we really hope this uh, this wave sort of dampens a little and i think it's a, it's about riding out the next couple of weeks but then it's going to fall um, and uh, we really hope this wave will not cause such a disruption that even ipl is stopped for me it's not about ipl itself but what it means for the people because it's sort of a beacon of hope the way it's being held and continually being held that's how at least the people holding it would like to project it and for many of us who follow it that's what it is and when you look at only that i would like to think it should see through to its conclusion so i mean what's going to happen we're going to see in the upcoming couple of weeks but it's going to be a very interesting uh, call for me one way or the other you're absolutely right 
good kira sir thanks a lot for your time i know i mean i should say this it's been it's been very late in india the way that time we started was already very late but you generously gave us your time i would like to thank you for your guest appearance on the amchar cricket podcast but before you leave would you like to give out some of those let's say links through which as our listeners can reach out to you i know you're very good at analysis you've just shown it but maybe there are other things you would like to tell us about yourself and any links you would like to share i'm i'm very active on twitter during live games especially uh, india games and the ipl so if anyone who who's loved this conversation and thinks that i i know a little bit of cricket can follow me on twitter uh, on instagram i am there as gilly cricket i uh, do a similar analysis I, I i'm i don't have a youtube channel so far but i do a lot of uh, video podcast uh, audio podcast and uh, video analysis with a few channels which i tend to share so yeah if you if you think that you know what i say uh, and talk of the game is making sense so uh, do give me a follow on these platforms and if you if you don't think that i i am good enough then uh, probably follow me to criticize and uh, you know uh, see if if i can improve uh, the bottom line is that you should follow me uh, whether to appreciate or criticize because a lot of people think that they do know cricket better than others which is fair because i have never believed that those who have played the game are the ones who can only talk about it which is which should never be the uh, which should be never which should never be the case with any sport so yeah uh, if you don't uh, there's another reason if you think that uh, that i wasn't good enough you can follow me and then i might change your mind so yeah so i've given you three guys three reasons to follow me hopefully one of them works with you <laughs> well all very valid ones as far as i'm concerned as far as amchar cricket podcast is concerned the same set of reasons hold if you would like to follow us we are on twitter at amchar cricket pretty much during international games and pretty much india and ipl we are online and if you would like to write into us via mail amchar.cricket@gmail.com if you would like to contact us via instagram at amchar cricket again so we would love to hear from you about what you think about our work well it's it's been a very exhaustive but a very thorough chat it's been a real pleasure gurkirath so i would like to thank you once again and uh, we hope to have you have you again as a host in one of maybe our upcoming episodes maybe a month two months down the line when ipl is all around the corner and we are looking forward to the summer of cricket somewhere in uk thanks a lot gurkirath and uh, i wish you all the best going forward considering where you live in india and i hear some strong things there i wish you all the best thanks a lot gurkirath thank you thank you ajit it was a pleasure being on the show and uh, yeah we might have probably gone over more than the usual uh, duration but it's it's been great fun always good to talk all right thank you bye bye thank you bye this is the armchair cricket podcast Sit back and enjoy.